Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, a lot of us have allowed Christ to change a lot of stuff about us, but when we go to work, we become the same old Jim all over again. And that's not really what he intended. No, it's not what he intended at all. He expects to be Lord of all of our lives. And the cool part is today on the show, we brought on a guest who's just released a book that is going to give you the practical answer to, okay, I'm supposed to be a Christian in the workplace, but how do I do this? How do I get the answers that I need? How do I understand what God wants me to do in the workplace? Let's just figure this out together. We've got Darren Shearer. He's not only the president super dog of Highbridge Books, but he's also an author and he's a speaker and he's written some great books. We've had him on the air before talking about his book, Marketing Like Jesus. Today, we're talking about his brand new book that got released this week, The Marketplace Christian, a practical guide to using your spiritual gifts in business. Darren Shearer, welcome back to I Work For Him. Welcome. I didn't realize I had the title Superdog in my company. That's a good one. It's a new one for me. I I thought (laughs) I saw that on when I was on your website. It it, it said Superdog and CEO of Highbridge Books. (laughs) I'll have to add that. (laughs) And you should. You absolutely should. Hey, 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. What I want to know is, 
Darren, why haven't I ever heard a sermon on that? <laughs> on on how to use my spiritual gifts to serve the people that I work with, to serve my customers, to serve my vendors. Why have I never heard a sermon like that? Yeah, I mean, when I've taken spiritual gifts assessments, which are very helpful, uh, but the thing is, typically when I take them and I find, find out, okay, my spiritual gifts are teaching and knowledge, and, and a few others are my top ones. Now, typically the purpose of that assessment is to find out where am I supposed to volunteer in my local church on Sunday morning or in a program throughout the week. But the question that I began to wrestle with is, shouldn't I be using my spiritual gifts out in the marketplace, which is where about 85% of working Christians spend the majority of their waking hours. Somewhere around 60 to 70% of our waking hours are spent working in a for-profit business setting. And so we need to find out what are my spiritual gifts and how do they operate in that workplace setting. But part of the problem that you uncovered was all the spiritual gifts assessments were kind of slanted towards plugging people into the church building. Right. And it's not an either or. I mean, we definitely need to serve through our local churches, but really as a springboard, as sort of a, a, a base to then equip people for ministry out in their workplace throughout the week. But we've got to turn that corner to make sure that we're not just using our spiritual gifts for church work, but to actually do the work of the church, which is out in the marketplace. And so, you know, the spiritual gifts being for the purpose of edifying the body of Christ, edifying the people of God, the church, it's not just so we can have bigger bigger offerings and so forth. It's so that we can actually go and do the work of the church, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. And, and expand the kingdom for Christ. That's I've, what it's all I've, about. That's it. What I love is that, you know, I got to meet you because of our mutual buddy, Dr. Jim Harris, who just right. released a book on the our unfair advantage, unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit in our workplace. And really, the two of you, I don't know, did you guys plan this? Two books on utilizing the Holy Spirit in the workplace. And, and one, Jim's book opens your eyes up to it. And then yours just goes smack down. Here you go. Here's what you do. Let's go. Let's, let's figure out your gifts. Let's figure out how we're going to plug them in. Let's go. I mean, it's just like the, the, it's like the field manual. I mean, the Holy Spirit is completely orchestrated. My friendship with Dr. Jim Harris, and, and actually um, the same company, my, my publishing company that published The Marketplace Christian, also published a Dr. Jim's book, which is an incredible book about partnering with the Holy Spirit in your business. We're talking today with Darren Shearer. He's the top dog, the chief dog, the big dog at Highbridge Books, but he's also an author, a publisher, really a great all-around guy. He's written this book, The Marketplace Christian, A Practical Guide to Using Your Spiritual Gifts in Business. Darren, before we get back to your book, which is excellent, and I read, you know, I know I read, I read such an old version of your manuscript, I had to number the pages myself, but I loved it. What a fantastic book. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. But I want to hear, how's Jesus making a difference in your life today? I mean, how have you practically applied—this is a different question, so we'll ask both questions. How have you practically applied using your spiritual gifts in your workplace, which you're a publisher, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're a blog writer. How are you putting to practice your book today? How's it making an impact on your faith? Well, one of my spiritual gifts is teaching, Jim, and, and I just love 
teaching. I mean, that's the thing about when you tap into your gift, I mean, you can't help but use it, whether it's in the marketplace or in the church or in a nonprofit or wherever it is. And so that's that's my gift. And I get to spend all week long teaching authors, coaching authors on how to get their message out. And I get to do it uh, in my own right as an author and being able to share these ideas about helping Christians in the marketplace to partner with God and business. And so that's just one example of how I've been able to tap into these gifts. But another way that that Jesus is making a difference in my life today is, as you know, I just had another baby. And so I bet you know that makes a big difference. Well, I know it was touch and go. Actually, I didn't know you'd had—I knew that your son was supposed to be maybe delivered today, and so you're like, I'm not sure I can do the interview today because my yeah, wife's that's scheduled. That's right. That's right. So you were thinking maybe you'd do it. I told you you could do it from labor and delivery. You said, I don't think my wife would appreciate that, and I thought, <laughs> I, you know, we made a commitment. So so you had your—I you, don't even—so tell me, what, what, what did you have? That's right. You had a boy, baby boy. He was actually due two days from now, but he was born on the 12th. So he came early, still eight pounds, 12 ounces. And he was actually born, labor and delivery was actually at home in our bedroom. That's where we had my wife. Uh, she really wanted to do a home delivery. We both did. But I mean, as a guy, that makes me a little more nervous. But, it, you know, <laughs> if, if she was up for it, I'm up for it. And so we got to catch the baby and everything. So uh, she gave birth to our Armand Elijah uh, just a couple of days ago. So praise God for that. Well, yeah, and praise God. Everybody's healthy. That's fantastic. And born on Columbus Day. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the question then is, if he was born early but was still 8 pounds, 12 ounces, I hope you smacked the doctor next time you saw him and said, listen, you missed this one by about two, three weeks, because if we'd have left him in incubating for another two weeks, he'd have been 14, 10, something like that. <laughs> Well, he definitely wasn't going to stay in because he got he got moving and uh, he came out in a hurry. So. Well, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations to you and your bride. And that's now that's number two boy, right? Didn't your first one? Number two, uh, two boys. All right, yep, well, both in diapers under the age of two. Wow, so we got well, our handful. Just make sure you you change your fair share of diapers because that's just part of the deal. <laughs> Absolutely. And the good part is when they get older, then you can remind them. I changed your diapers. I helped bring you into this world. I can take you back out. <laughs> That's one of the lines that all fathers need to use. All right. So this book, what inspired you? I mean, your last book, Marketing Like Jesus, literally I've given away hundreds of copies of that book. It is a fantastic. Actually, I think most people have. I just sent them to the bookstore to buy books, but I kept telling them how great it is. Marketing Like Jesus, I mean, one of the top recommended books that I give away for small business guys, Christian small business owners, perfect book for business owners, ministry owners, ministry leaders. What a great book. Love it. This one taps into an area that almost, you, I don't know that I've ever seen another book out there. How do you use your spiritual gifts in business? What inspired you to write this book? So as you could tell by my previous book, Marketing Like Jesus, I really want us to be able to make marketplace ministry practical. And because, I mean, it's like I was, I met this business guy one time at one of those uh, Rotary Club events, and uh, he he asked me what I was studying in school, and I said practical theology. I was studying practical theology in preparation for going into business. And he said, wow, I didn't know theology was practical. <laughs> and And that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize that theology must be practical. Otherwise, what is it good for if it doesn't make an impact in our daily lives, if it doesn't make an impact in the lives of the people that we encounter on a weekly basis. And so I was wrestling with this question, 
what does marketplace ministry actually look like? And because I, I, I began to sense that it's got to be more about more than applying timeless principles. You know, I, I talked about uh, t- 26 strategies in marketing like Jesus, where you could take the marketing strategies Jesus used and apply them in your business or in your nonprofit. So I love the timeless principle aspect, and 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 also believe that as business people we have a responsibility of financial stewardship to be you know giving money toward the Lord's work and so forth. But but that's not that's not all of it. It's got to be about something more, and that's about spreading the awareness of God's glory throughout all facets of society. So it was this question of what does marketplace ministry actually look like that prompted me to write this book. I love that. I was writing that down. Spreading the awareness of God's glory in the business, in the in the in the marketplace. I love that. That is that is so powerful. You know, when I read your book, and, and we're going to kind of dig through this in different pieces, I'm asking you some overview questions, and we're going to dig deep, and I, I, I've got, I put post-it notes on every page where I wrote a question mark, because I, I said, well, this would make a good question, this would make a good question, so I've got 150 questions to ask you in the next 40 minutes, so we'll get through about <laughs> three or four of those. When you wrote this book, what kind of opposition did you experience in writing this book? Because this is not a book the enemy wanted anybody to write. Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard statements from, you know, our brethren in this faith and work movement such as, you know, do we have to call them spiritual gifts or 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 you know the you know, the occupation itself. So if you're a janitor, you know, that's your spiritual gift. Or if you're a carpenter, that's your spiritual gift. Well, I mean, I believe that our occupation is a context for our spiritual gifts to operate. And certainly we worship God with our work, but God has put us into these different occupations, into these different spheres of influence for our spiritual gifts to be at work through in those, in those occupations. And, and, Again, it's for the purpose of edifying the church, not just for doing church work and you know having bigger buildings and bigger budgets, but for actually doing the work of the church in the marketplace. So certainly, I mean, when you're talking, anytime we're talking about spiritual gifts, you're going to be stirring up some opposition, and there are people that you know unfortunately don't even really believe that spiritual gifts are for today. And and so you know we we have to kind of isn't that uh, an amazing conversation? Don't you want to grab people and shake them? I mean, absolutely. I have had people tell me, nope, the gifts of uh, the gifts of tongue doesn't apply, tongues doesn't apply anymore, and the gifts of healing it doesn't happen anymore. I'm like, really? Gosh, well, let me just talk to you about this and this example and this example. I mean, it, it just it amazes me. It amazes me. All right, all right, we're talking today with Darren Shearer. He wrote this incredible book. The Marketplace Christian, a practical guide to using your spiritual gifts in business. And Darren, while we were on the break, the lines, the phone lines lit up so much, Jose's hair almost caught on fire. <laughs> so uh, it literally, they're all gone already. They just went, pew, all gone. And, and people had to call back in because he couldn't get to the phones fast enough. It was unbelievable. But uh, thank you for being so generous and giving away those three books. I'll get you the names and addresses of the people later so you can send those things out. Wonderful. All right, so here's what I want. Let's just step back for a minute. Because we look at spiritual gifts in the workplace, people are going, hmm, really? How would I use my spiritual gift in the workplace? Let's do a distinguish, have a distinguishing conversation, distinguishing the difference between natural abilities, which we had before we gave our lives to Christ, and 
our spiritual gifts, which we were given after the Holy Spirit came to indwell inside of us, which that's a whole other conversation, understanding that. But we're given a gift as Christ followers, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is, I mean, that conversation, I am not a theologian. All I know is that I'm able to do things that are well beyond the explanation of my natural gifts, talents, and abilities. So let's mm. distinguish that. Help, help people understand the difference between natural abilities and spiritual gifts. Sure. Well, it's one of the first questions people ask when I bring up this topic of spiritual gifts in business. I'll, I'll give you six quick differences between natural abilities and spiritual gifts in business. So the first is that spiritual gifts are only for born-again Christians. So you're unsaved. Is there any other type of, of Christians, the born-again? You made it sound like there's like different types of Christians. <laughs> well, I mean, there are people that claim—I mean, one out of three people in the world identifies as a Christian. So just because you identify as a Christian uh, doesn't mean that you— actually are one. You right. Know, so, so let's just call, let's, let's just call <laughs> let's them say Christian, Christ followers. Let's just say, no, no, no. Let's say Christ followers. That's how I distinguish people. Cause there's a lot of people out there say, Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm Christian. Uh, what religion are you? I'm Christian. Then you know, they're not. You say, no, I'm a Christ follower. I like that's, it, that's the, that's the game changer right there. I, you'll hardly ever hear me on my show. Use it, use the word Christian, except with quotations around it because People don't know what it means. But when you say, and then when people say, well, I'm a born again Christian, I'm like, really? Is there any other kind? I well, I, I'd say born again because I want to make sure that it's clear that your spirit is is dead. I mean, we are dead in our sins. We cannot accept anything from God when uh, until we are born again, and and Christ makes us alive with Him. And so, you know, the Bible says that the things of the spirit are foolishness to uh, to the natural man. And so until you're until you're born again, until you've had that experience where you've been made made new and and alive a new creation in Christ, you can't receive spiritual gifts. So that's the reason I use that term. I, no, I love it. I just want to make sure we clarify it for the for the audience because we're I mean Very it's something good. that I struggle with people all the time because people sometimes are like, well, but I don't know if I'm the born again type. Like, okay, there's sure. no other type. Sure. Let's just talk about it. this is what Jesus said. You must be born again. He said it to yes. Nicodemus. It was one of those midnight conversations which for some reason God really likes to talk to me after midnight too. I don't know what the deal is, but that's when I hear him best. All all right, so you, I, I apologize I interrupted you, but I really want to make that clarification because people really struggle with sure. that. All right, so we're talking about yeah. the difference between natural abilities and spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are only available to, to Christ followers, people who have put their faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross, and they've become born again in the Spirit of God. That's right. And then the second difference is that spiritual gifts are gifts to the church through individuals. So they're not just gifts. So, okay, I've got a teaching gift, and now that's just for me to make a good business for myself and for me to make a lot of money and feel good about myself and be a good person and all of that. No, they're gifts to the church through individuals. So certainly our gifts are not just for doing church work. So if you have the gift of hospitality, you don't just have that gift so you can greet people on Sunday morning. You have that gift as 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 an extension of the church 
in the marketplace. And so it's important to understand that when we're doing, when we're using our spiritual gifts, doing marketplace ministry in the business world or in the government world or wherever it happens to be, that we are extensions of the church, extensions of the people of God and revealing the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God in our workplace. So that'd be the second difference. Okay. And so the third difference is that spiritual gifts are fueled by the fruit of the Spirit. And so if you have a natural ability, uh, you know, some of the, the largest companies, the most successful companies, the Forbes 400 richest people in the world, many of them have, for example, a, a strong leadership ability. But now many of those people are not Christians. And and so what? So that, that ability is fueled by something else. It could be ambition. It could be just let me make a name for myself. It could be any number of things. It could be fueling that ability. But if it's a spiritual gift, it's fueled by, for example, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of the fruits of the Spirit. And Paul said, if I, if I, you know, can prophesy and speak in tongues and all of these things, but I don't have love, I have nothing. And so that's another important distinction. I love that. Okay, so you said that you're going to give a list of six. Are they all six on what spiritual gifts are? They are, well, there are differences between what, uh, what natural abilities are versus what spiritual gifts are. So, so another difference is that spiritual gifts are governed and directed by the Holy Spirit. So, for example, your, your natural ability, you can use that apart from God. You can make a lot of money doing that. Uh, you can have a lot of influence doing that. But if it's a spiritual gift, it must come up under the governance and direction of the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit's will is for the kingdom of God, for the people of God. And then uh, just real quick, the last two, uh, number five, is that spiritual gifts enable us to worship God through our work. And then number six is that they, they can produce eternal results and rewards. So just in and of my natural ability, apart from the, the Spirit of God, my, spiritual, my, my natural abilities can accomplish nothing uh, because because they have to be spiritually empowered in order to make a difference in a spiritual eternity. What I love in all this, that's a great list. So the, the it's spiritual gifts are for Christ-following Christians, born-again Christians, that they're a gift, spiritual gifts are a gift to the church through individuals. They're fueled by the fruits of the Spirit. They're governed by the Holy Spirit. They enable us to worship God through our work and produce eternal results and rewards. That's a great list. All right, so you so you lay this all up. Okay, our spiritual gifts apply to the workplace, but then how do we find out what our spiritual gifts are? Because all of the tests I ever took told me how my spiritual gifts applied to my church. What did you do to solve that problem? So so what I would recommend, if you want to find out what your spiritual gifts are, first of all, take that assessment. And the thing that tell I, them, tell them about the, it, tell them about it. Where is the assessment you're talking about? Yeah, so the assessment is actually in the book. And, and so it's between the section where I introduced the concept of spiritual gifts in business, then there's the assessment, and then you've got 23 examples of different marketplace Christians, men and women, 
blue-collar, white-collar who have used their spiritual gifts in a business setting, and I show what that looks like. I mean, I've got a real estate developer using the gift of faith, a business consultant using the gift of intercessory prayer, a department store owner using the gift of hospitality. Uh, A couple of the stories actually came from people in my own church, Uh, and I could get into their examples, but I think if if you would ask around in your own church, find out you know, let's identify what our spiritual gifts are and then take an inventory for how have we been actually using and applying those for marketplace ministry in our workplace. You'd be astounded what you would find and some of the stories I share actually in the book. What I don't understand is why we are surprised as Christ followers that what God said in his word applies to every part of our lives. I mean, I'm constantly yeah. astounded by my astoundedness. And I'm like, ah, oh, Father, I'm just <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry that I just never thought like this. I mean, just a simple concept like the five love languages. I mean, I use that every day in business. And and that's just a scriptural principle of learning how to love people right where they're at. I mean, it's it just, you're talking about spiritual gifts, which is a way bigger category. But Paul said, listen, none of this all matters if you don't do it in love. So, you know, the spiritual gifts are, are part of it. But I love your assessment because you really break it down into, uh, it's like 70 questions. I, can't, I don't have it right in front of me. But you, you've got all these questions and you tally them up and then it identifies where you have gifts. And what I liked about it, when you tallied it up, I understood all of a sudden that, I didn't just have two spiritual gifts. I understood that now where I am in my faith walk, that I actually had several high-scoring categories, and those high-scoring categories, some of them have grown as I've grown in my faith. And that yeah. was something I never thought about before. That, and what's that, exciting is when you find the convergence between your, your most dominant, your primary spiritual gifts, and ask, how am I using it? I mean, when you start to use all of those in the same vocation, in the same uh, assignment in the marketplace, it's powerful what can happen. And what I what I loved when I went through this, my number one, my highest scoring category was connecting, mm. and and which is funny because I, I I'm, I'm also an, I'm a, I'm a leader, I'm an organizer, I'm a teacher, but the connecting it's something I'm always thinking about when somebody's telling me, hey Jim, I need this, I'm always thinking of who do I know and did they do the job they said they were going to do? I mean, I've always been that way. But I never thought of it as a spiritual gift, but God gives me this ability to remember people's names. And my wife, Martha, says this all the time. How did you remember that? I'm like, I don't know. And then I took your test about a year ago when we first started playing. You really started working on this about a year ago. I'm like, I never thought about networking being a spiritual gift. But obviously it is because I have this ability to remember people from these different walks of life and how, oh, you need to meet this person. You need to meet this person. I, I just, it changed my perspective on spiritual gifts forever. Yeah, and that's uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's that's one of the gifts on the list that is not uh, it's it's there's not like a Greek term for it in the Bible per se, but there are people that use the gift and and that's the thing that the list of spiritual gifts that Paul I mean there's several different lists there's Ephesians four there's First Corinthians twelve there's Romans twelve and then there's some in First Peter as well. But but those are not conclusive lists, uh, and, and Paul didn't intend for it to be, because whatever is in your hand, whatever that gift is, whatever that talent is, when you can surrender that to God and, and apply that toward the work of the church uh, in the disciple-making, world-transforming operation 
of the church, then you are you are tapping into your spiritual gifts. You're tapping into what your assignment in the marketplace is for the kingdom. All right, so I want to talk about some specific things. You know, like, like you just said, the test is kind of in the middle of the book. Sixty-nine questions. Were you mm-hmm. ranking uh, them from one to ten? And by the way, tongues. Speaking in tongues, they got ones and uh, healing. I got ones on that. That's not my gift. Uh, but just not. I, in fact, most people question my ability to speak English. So, uh, well, certainly in that I talk way too fast, but I'm just excited. I'm excited about what God's doing, and I'm excited about books like yours that, hey, here's a practical way to connect your faith to your workplace using your spiritual gifts. So let's let's drive this down. Let's give some people some examples of how people learned about their spiritual gifts and then said, wow, I really can use this in my workplace uh, and I got to give you an example. I was having a lunch lunch today with a couple of bankers. I said, listen, and they were both Christ followers. I said, when you're in your loan committee looking at whether you should offer money to that person, do you ever pray about that? Do you ever ask for God's discernment to determine whether you should lend them money or not? You guys ever ask those questions? Mm-hmm. And you know what the answer was. So talk to me about practical. And it's just something where, mm, wow, not uh, not enough. So give me some examples of people in everyday jobs that have learned how to connect their spiritual gifts to their workplace. So there's, uh, and I'm going to, the examples I'm going to give are actually people that I know that are in my church. And, and, and I want to use those examples because it really brings it home because there are people in your church that have these gifts that are using them in the marketplace. And what's exciting is when you begin to hear those testimonies. I mean, if, if the whole church congregation could hear some of these stories of what's not just what's happening with building orphanages overseas and all these other wonderful things that the body of Christ is doing, but what's happening in the marketplace. Okay. So there's a, there's a young man named Daniel Gill. And if Jim, do you watch Ninja Warrior? Do you know what that is? I have actually had a Ninja Warrior right here on my show. Okay. Well, one of those, and, and he wears the shirt kingdom ninja. He's got long hair and it, and it's kind of curly. I actually joke with him about how he, he needs to start a hair care uh, product business. Uh, but anyways, he's done extremely well. He's done. He's been on TV several times uh, during this particular season, and he has the gift of healing. And when his his competitors have have pain in their back, like for example, one instance that I'm thinking of, one of the contestants was in line, they were getting ready to go, and for those who don't know what Ninja Warrior is, it's basically a very difficult um, obstacle course contest, and, and, and so it's, uh, obviously there's a great need for a gift of healing in a place like that, because these guys get injured like clockwork, and so uh, one of the contestants just had extreme back pain, he's like, man, I don't think I can, I, can, I don't think I can make this run. Daniel laid hands on his back, healed the guy right there on the spot. He was able to give glory to God and, and run his race. And, and that's just one example. I mean, Daniel has done that over and over and over again, just stepping out in that gift, in that professional athletics, you know, entertainment industry setting. And people, you know, he wears that shirt proudly, Kingdom Ninja, because he views his role on Ninja Warrior as marketplace ministry, that he's there to represent the kingdom of God and and spread the awareness of the glory of God across the world. That's so awesome. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy from Orlando. I'm totally drawing a blank. It's embarrassing. I'm texting somebody right now to be able to find out who it was. 
and that's fantastic. What I love is the fact that these guys on, on Ninja, they get they get um, interviewed on YouTube. Their videos are out there on how they got to where they were at. And, and this is just what a great opportunity to put that out there and the gift of healing. What an incredible thing that is because I hear it in churches all the time. Well, that gift is dead. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, and so, now he does he does training for kids, and and you know you can just imagine, I mean, it, I don't care if, if you're a Wall Street banker that makes you know tens of millions of dollars a year, a kid is going to look at Daniel and say, that's who I want to be. I want to be the guy that runs these Ninja Warrior obstacle courses, regardless of how much money he makes. So he has incredible influence. And he does these training camps, and these little kids they get injured, you know, just like the you know, the, the ones on the higher circuits and Daniel will pray for those kids and they will, they will get healed. They'll give glory to God. And now they have a paradigm for, wow, God actually is active beyond a local church, you know, in beyond the four walls of the church setting. It's unbelievable. Talk to me about, awesome. give me an example of somebody using their spiritual gifts in their office. In their office. Well, well something, something you, not, I mean, you gave a great example. They're on TV, sure. but give me somebody else, maybe something that everybody else can relate to. Okay, I'll give you a, a very, you know, familiar, especially for any blue-collar workers. Uh, this is another man that's actually in my church, Houston Worship Center here in Houston, Texas. His name is David Giuseppetti, and he's got the spiritual gift of prophecy. And and so this was back in 2013. David uh, David's an oil man, and so he was maintaining equipment on an oil rig uh, during a 28-day assignment on a rig in uh, Papua New Guinea. And and so one day he noticed that there was uh, the crew members were walking directly underneath this this pipe handling equipment that was lifting these 10,000-pound uh, tubes. And, and David, the, the Lord spoke to David just kind of in his heart and said, David, if you don't do something about this, somebody's going to get hurt. And, and so he, the way he described it was as a prophetic word from the Lord that nobody else was doing. I mean, he wasn't even the safety guy that was supposed to be watching out for this kind of stuff. They had like three levels of safety workers and nobody was doing anything about this. And so after 15 days of again and again going back and telling the managers they've got to do something about this, and finally, finally, somebody actually, the, the manager went with David. They put up some uh, barricades. And so David left the rig. He comes back the next day to a standing ovation from 300 of the crew workers. And the rig managers just, they started giving him a standing ovation and and because what had happened is one of those 10,000 pound tubes fell right where one of David's friends was walking. And okay, I got to stop was- you there. We got to go. I apologize. Darren Shearer, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. We've got to do this again because we barely even got to the book. I apologize. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, Darren. I really appreciate the you coming on the air there. He saved the guy's life because of his gift of prophecy. And that's amazing. That's how we apply our spiritual gifts in a workplace. Darren Shearer, thank you for being on I Work For Him. My pleasure, brother.
You know, we learned today that our faith really can impact our workplace, that there's so many practical ways to connect our spiritual gifts to our workplace. And this is one of the tools we talked about today, Darren Shearer's book, The Marketplace Christian, how a practical guide to using our spiritual gifts in business. You know, I got to be honest with you, until I read this book, I never thought about the fact that my spiritual gifts really applied, that each and every day, I know I've got natural gifts, talents, and abilities, but God's moving in my life. He can use our spiritual gifts to help us make an impact for the kingdom right in our workplace. What an amazing idea. You and I have been given a talent to make an impact for the kingdom each day in our workplace. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I understand. I work for him. (laughs) 